All right. Welcome in, everybody. I am Coach V. I am here with Coach Bills um, of the Salt Lake City Denizens. Coach, how you doing? Doing well. We are in the NTT, so I can only be happy. Yeah, NTT time. Uh, it is March, even though it's very hot here in Arizona. I'm sure it's pretty hot in uh, California as well. You got the ocean breeze, though, so it's a little bit. It's the same weather year-round here, so it can be March. Yeah, it's always March. So, um, yeah, we're back. Um, got a new field of 64, and I think there'll be some fun teams here. So let's get talking about uh, – yeah, let's just start talking about some of these teams. Um, we will start out in Region 1, and we'll just we'll just start going through. So um, first matchup we have is Ann Arbor against Annapolis. Ann Arbor – Brings in a 17 and one PIA NTT champions, uh, number one ranked 15th strength of schedule. And I mean, this team's just loaded from top to bottom. Um, you know, they shoot a ton of threes, they, they're efficient and, you know, they bring in that two, two class and they put those guys in the, in the post and teams have just not been shooting well against them at all. Let me look at, let me uh, read off some of their stats. So, Ann Arbor is number six in three points attempted, number four in defensive true shooting, number four in true shooting margin, number four in blocks. Uh, Anthony Baker's number eight in game score. They're number five in points, number four in point margin, uh, number four in defensive free throws allowed. So, tons of stuff. Um, Annapolis, on the other hand, they're number 10 in steals, um, and that's it. So, I don't, I don't, I mean, Annapolis has their hands full um, with uh, Ann Arbor in that zone. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on this, this game, um, or, yeah, just this these teams? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to have anything really revolutionary to say about these teams. They both start with Ann, A-N-N, so that, yep. makes, for, that makes for an interesting matchup. Yeah. And really, that's about it, unfortunately. It. I mean, Annapolis comes in having won the Conference 5 tournament, the worst conference in League 31. Frankly, I think the worst conference historically in League 31. Uh, It usually is near the very bottom. This year, they are five games worse than the second worst conference. 58 and 86 as a conference. 63 and 81 is the second worst conference. Now, you know, win-loss record isn't everything, but... I mean, they did win a championship, I think, a couple of years back. Yeah, and in the very beginning of the league, I think it was Syracuse. Syracuse was relatively oh, yeah. successful from Conference 5. But, yeah, the, the success has been few and far between. Uh, and this year, I mean, their conference overall conference rate value is 13.78, and second worst is 1452, <laughs> and then third worst is 1456. So it shows you there's a pretty small gap there between those two, and then it goes really far down to Conference 5. So, yeah. All that is to say, you know, props to Annapolis for winning the Conference 5 tournament, uh, but they're going to be against a whole new level of competition in Ann Arbor. So I, I don't see this game as being competitive. Uh, it should be a, a, a really a tune-up and nothing more uh, yeah. for the Bing Bongs. Yeah, and the Bing Bongs just look so, I mean, they just look so solid. You know, you, you put a guy like Andrew Tucker in there, and it's like, he doesn't have to do much. Just sit back in the at the back of the zone and, pick up blocks he picked up 5.3 blocks and 12.8 rebounds for them which yeah is a lot 
it's a lot. So they look pretty good. Um, let's look at the next matchup. We got the Brunswick surcharge against the Lancaster Jarrett McLean's Brunswick coach by coach rap by, uh, they they got an at large an at large team. They got William West, uh, their senior power forward, um, who's scoring twenty point seven points per game. He looks pretty good. Uh, Lancaster, they're number thirty four, two forty seven straight to schedule. They won their their conference. They won their conference tournament. Um, they kind of spread it around. Eddie Harper, the junior, um, he's a, he's a pretty solid guy. Sixteen point three points, nine point seven. Uh, boards on 57.5% true shooting. Um, he's a 50-50, 86.7 um, from the center position. Seven players. So that's always, uh, yeah, that's kind of what they got working there. Uh, real quick, Lancaster is uh, number three in turnovers, number eight in point margin, number nine in uh, true shooting. Yeah. And then... Brunswick is uh, number three in free throws attempted, uh, number four in steals, and that's it. So what do you think of this matchup? Um, yeah. yeah. By contrast from the last one, this is a great matchup. I think two teams that have good success historically. Uh, Brunswick also comes from a weak conference, Conference 1, but you know has really done well for itself consistently now for a while. Brunswick has been a good program and has been able to compete in the NTT. They were in the Sweet 16 just last year. Uh, so, you know, this is a force to be reckoned with nationally, despite the weaker competition they, they face during much of the year. Although this season, their strength of schedule is much higher than usual, way yeah. up at number 22. So that's a little bit unusual unusual for them. They had a few tougher non-conference games, and Conference 1 was a bit tougher than it usually is. Uh, they've got, and both teams really have, balanced scoring. I mean, Brunswick has... 16, six players who have actually no seven players who have 10 or more points per 30 minutes. And so does Lancaster. They have all five, all five starters, double figures per 30 minutes. And then the two backup guards as well. So this will not be a game where you can take out one player and expect to be able to beat the other team. Uh, Lancaster is one of those teams that has a great record with an awful strength of schedule, number 247, and they're 17 and one. I tend to feel like those teams get disrespected come NTT time, you know, and people think, well, they haven't played anybody, so they're not good. It, it To me, the analysis should be they haven't played anybody, so we don't know. Like, you yeah. know, they might they might not be good. I'm not saying they necessarily are good, but we just don't know. You, you know, you play who you play. They lost their one game by a single point to a top 100 team. Uh, so, and they, they do have some talent, not as much in their senior class, but the sophomores and juniors are both consensus top 25 classes. So I think this will be a really good game. You know, unfortunately for both teams, they've got a buzzsaw coming up in round two in Ann Arbor, as we already discussed. Yeah. So I don't, I don't envision picking either of these teams to make the Sweet 16, but with a different draw, I would not be at all surprised to see one of them get there. These are some solid squads. Yeah, and I would say Lancaster's one of those teams where it's like, you know, I guess if you're if you're Brad and you're Ann Arbor, you're like, man, I don't, I. With the unknown of them because of their mm -hmm. schedule, you don't know what how good they are actually. Yeah, um, it's like I don't really want to play those guys in the second round. You know, um, I'd rather sure. play a known commodity. Or it's like, okay, I know teams have beat them. I know they have weaknesses. It's like you don't really know if this team has weaknesses. I mean, they do, but you don't know right. if they are. 
Um, they, and they have some talented classes. That junior class is 15, 18. Uh, the sophomore class is 20, uh, 19. And it's, it's interesting. He's starting two um, freshmen in that starting lineup. So that's really interesting for Lancaster. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, we got Boise, the potato sacks, going up against um, the Myrtle Beach Dirty Turtles. Uh, I think that's a new team. I don't, I don't remember them. Maybe they just haven't made the NTT in a while, and I just have overlooked them. But I don't yeah, know. I think it is the latter. Although I probably would have said the same thing. I'm just looking at their team history now. Coach Dirty Balls so apparently has been there since season 22, but this is his first NTT appearance and the program's first NTT appearance since way back in season one. Yeah. So way to go. And they, I want to say quickly, they were the last team in, the last at large. <laughs> they got they got a huge win today in the consolation bracket of their conference wow. tournament. Uh, to, to move up, I think, 17 spots in the power rankings to get in. So kudos to them. Well, yeah, that's a that's a great accomplishment. And, uh, yeah, it's a great accomplishment just to, um, yeah, just to make it. And uh, not making it since season one where it's like you didn't – that team didn't do any recruiting. It's a huge accomplishment for this team. Um, Myrtle Beach is uh, – they enter the tournament – with, let me see real quick, um, the number five team in offensive rebounds, uh, and that's it. And then uh, Boise uh, is number nine in offensive rebounds, number three in points, number five in three points attempted, number nine, yeah, and that's it. So uh, Boise is one of those teams where uh, they, they didn't start off the – um, they, they had an underperforming uh, performance in the uh, PNTT. They were hoping for something more, and they went three and three. I think last year they were a one seed, a one seed in the NTT. Um, yeah, that, that's right. And then they lost in the first round and then won their next five games and finished number two in the power rankings overall. Yeah, so, yeah, lost the first game and then won everyone else. So, um, and, you know, this team, I feel like they're coming back with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, they lost uh, – Devin Wilborn last year, but they brought back everyone else. They put in Samuel Hammond from a 64-94 class, and he's done fine. Um, I mean, you, you can't you can't ask for much better than 59.4% true shooting, 16.2 points a game on the 16th strength of schedule. Um, I would I would consider that pretty good, you know. Um, and you can just tell this team it's just got a lot. But they've they've got a lot of potential. Um, they've dropped some games. They've played some really good teams. They played Aspen uh, three times, uh, one once. Uh, lost to a- they split with Aberdeen. Um, did lose a close one to Denver, but you know I I feel like this is a team that just has gotten better throughout the year. And uh, yeah, I mean you, you got to be scared of them. Uh, you you, you want a little bit more from. Uh, George Rowland, their point guard, uh, last year, he was much more efficient. And this year, he just hasn't been that for them as much. Um, shooting, he's shooting more threes, and he's doing better from three-pointer, but his two-point um, field goal percentage just went uh, way down. He's also gotten to the line. He, he's also making a little less from the line. I don't know. Maybe it's just a small sample size, but just some things I know. What do you think? 
For sure. I think it's very interesting to look at this Boise team. I think there was a little bit of a hangover early in this season from that round one NTT loss, such a shocking loss to Branson, I think it was, in the 116 game. And then, as you mentioned, in the PNTT, they really struggled. I mean, you know, losing games in the PNTT is no shame. There are good teams there, but they got blown out in their second exhibition game against Inglewood, 100-63. You know, Inglewood, a good program, but a team that didn't even ultimately make the NTT. So as you said, Boise has gotten better as the year has gone on. But my best guess, and I don't know, I don't know the coach personally, but best guess is this has been a frustrating season for them, even as they've kind of righted the ship. Because like you said, they lost Wilborn. He's a good player, part of a very good class. But Hammond's numbers, the replacement, actually look better uh, Mm -hmm. than Wilborn's. So on paper, you would think this team should be just as good as it was, or maybe even better. Uh, but they haven't been that, you know, so this is really the time for them to sort of rise up to the level that they were expected to be at. And, you know, arguably none of the rest of this matters, right? They had a up and down season. They're here now as a four seed. Uh, they can avenge last season's NTT starting in this round. I think Myrtle beach, uh, will present uh, a challenge. They've got a really efficient scorer at small forward and Noah Huang. He kind of sticks out to me, uh, with his over 60% true shooting percentage and another good two-way player in Zachary Smith, the senior shooting guard. But I think Boise should have the horses to win this game. They have a senior small forward Nugent with over two steals per 30 minutes. You know, that's a really good matchup for them to put him on Huang. I I think this is a game that Boise should be able to win uh, and maybe, you know, kind of erase some of those bad vibes from last season's NTT. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention is Cody Nugent is playing much worse than he played last year. Last year, they relied on him. He scored 24.5 points per game. He was fourth-team all-league, 52% from the field, 42.9 from uh, three, 56 true shooting. This year, he's he's shooting uh, 50.5% true shooting, only 17.6 points per game. So maybe the change in starting lineup. um, But it's kind of similar to what we see with – Joseph Amburn just yeah uh, he he won the NTT last year uh, with Freeman and and player of the year national player of the year yeah and national player of the year and it's just like huh followed up with a with a season you know kind of forget so yeah we'll see if he can right the ship in the uh, in the tournament next up we got the Reno Rollers against the Huntsville Rockets um, Huntsville coached by uh, with Coach Boardman. Uh, they snuck in by winning the Conference 9 tournament, um, and they just they rolled through it. You know, uh, They didn't have to play Vicksburg, but they still beat Jacksonville by 20 points in the championship, so that's really big. Reno, um, really tough schedule. They didn't win their conference tourney um, or uh, the conference, but they were second. And, you know, at Conference 27 is tough. You get, you get battles, and they got – a couple seniors and Jermaine Collins and Henry Jones uh, and then Zachary Richardson. Those guys, part of a 3-8 class, are really carrying this team. Um, and they look good. They look really good uh, as a uh, five seed here. Um, let me look real quick. So Reno is number five in blocks, number four in uh, – Defensive three points allowed, and that's it for them. And then Huntsville is not top ten in any statistical category. 
another interesting matchup. I kind of like it because, um, you know, this is, I think, the uh, I think this is the fourth, the third and fourth teams that are already part of the PNTT. And they're in this little PNTT matchup here in this 5-12 matchup. What do you think about this matchup? Do you think Huntsville can take him down? I always will have respect for Reno as long as they have some of these players after they put up such a great fight against us in the PNTT final a couple of seasons ago. That was an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, and then they, then in that same season, they beat us in the NTT in the first round. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with those senior big guys, Jones and Collins, that they still have that are averaging combined six and a half blocks per game. So, you know, they aren't quite maybe what they were last year. Uh, they lost Chandler Jackson, their star senior point guard. Uh, the last three seasons, you know, they were in the Sweet 16, all three. Uh, and before last year, they had been, I mean, they went Final Four, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. So they've been trending downward, but three three really strong seasons. And they still have Jones and Collins there, as well as Richardson. So I just think this is a really good program from a very strong conference. Uh, Huntsville is a good team, a team that uh, has had a lot of success historically, has sort of been, uh, you know, pretty pretty successful with two different coaches now with Boardman for a while. They have a real good player in Woolridge, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's going to be interesting. He's a player who plays, you know, power forward, right? So you think he's going to score inside, but he does make one three per game and shoots it at over 42%. So I would imagine against this Reno team, you'd really want to dial that up even more and have him playing from the outside because it's tough to score points inside yeah. against Reno. Uh, I was trying to look through Huntsville's schedule to see if they had played somebody who has, you know, who played a zone. Uh, and I'm sure they have, but it, it's tough to check each game individually. I didn't didn't notice it. Um, but, you know, regardless, whoever they play who plays his own doesn't have Jermaine Collins inside uh, manning that zone. He doesn't have Henry Jones. So I, I think it'll be a real challenge. I You know, I don't like to keep picking favorites, right? I mean, I had Boise in the last game as the likely winner, and then I do lean toward Reno in this game too. And even though year in and year out, we see there are a ton of upsets in the first round of the NTT, so... You know, we're going to have to keep our eye out for those. But, uh, you know, I, I do I do like Reno and the senior big guys in this one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. Huntsville really turned it on after, you know, a rough first part of the season. I think you see that a lot with PNTT teams where you play such a tough schedule and then it's like, man, my team just sucks. But really, you're just playing really good teams. And then you get into – you get into some of the easy, easier games. You're trying new things, just trying to win. And it's not until he, you know, went back to fast normal and um, just he kind of figured out something that worked and stuck with it. And they've been pretty good since. Uh, I think they've won um, 10 out of the last 11 games. So that's always nice. Yeah, including the win. You mentioned they avoided Vicksburg in the conference tournament, but they actually beat them by 17 the week before. So. Yeah. Know, maybe they would have been able to win that game. I'm looking now at their recent surge. Part of it has due to the better play of their shooting guard, Shannon Livingston, has been very good since midseason. And so, you know, again, the way to score against Reno is to score from the outside. Livingston will, you know, he makes almost the three and a half per game, uh, meaning 1.43 per game, shooting 34%. Uh, so I think if they are going to pull this upset, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Yeah. Let's look up at the next game. We got the 215 matchup. We got the Cedar Crappage Cheese Eaters going up against the Gulf Shores Mustard Taggers. Two great teams from um, League 31. Some of the best teams in, uh, yeah, two of the best teams, 19 and um, 7 overall um, for 
best teams overall in League 31 history. Uh, Cedar Crapids is uh, number one in turnovers. They're number 10 in points, number three in point margin, number one, yeah, and then yeah, number one in turnovers. Um, yeah, really talented team. Um, you know, they brought in that freshman class with Patrick Riley, and Patrick Riley's been playing really well as a freshman point guard, but they already had so much talent on this team. Last year, you know, they made out of first round, and that was pretty much it for them. This year, I mean, they got the guns. Uh, they got they got some solid players. I mean, you got guys um, like Michael Sheehan uh, coming off the bench. He was he was a big time recruit, I think, for for them. They're not the biggest team. Um, that might be their their one knock against them, but um, they're still pretty solid. And then you got Gulf Shores, who won the Conference Thirteen tournament um, to make it into the uh, NTT. You got guys like Dominique uh, Tanner, Austin Schubert. Um, Austin Schubert's playing great. He was a guy that um, I went for, uh, but um, Golf Shorts had more points than me than him. He was a guy with horrible stats that just put good ratings and ended up being pretty good. Golf Shores, not a great schedule. Um, not top 10 in any statistical category. But, you know, that Coach Buford Hawk, he knows what he's doing, and he got his guys playing the right way at the right time. They've won their last eight games, and uh, they look like – I mean, I don't know. There's no easy teams in the NTT, but this isn't a team I'd be excited to play. Um, they just upset Boca Raton in the um, championship by six. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I, so I don't think you should ever be excited to play Gulf Shores in the NTT, right? I mean, you mentioned that they're – all-time ranked seventh in power rankings, but they also have, uh, what is it, three, or, yeah, two titles and four Final Fours. So, you know, even that number seven ranking arguably undersells their level of success. Uh, and it's just a team that consistently, season in and season out, is able to succeed in the NTT when they can get there. And it has been a little while. I mean, if you look at their most recent five seasons, uh, their last three, they were not in the NTT. But sure enough, uh, the two before that, they were in the final four and they finished 13th the season before that. So, you know, it's just, it's a tough team uh, for sure. But, you know, if, if ever you would feel comfortable playing them, it might be in Cedar Rapids' position because these two teams actually played earlier this season. And Cedar Rapids didn't win 79 to 67 in that game, uh, or excuse me, 78 to 67. You know, mm -hmm. so they, they've got the blueprint uh, for having beaten them already. You know, it wasn't a blowout for sure. You know, it wasn't like what you might expect from a 215 game potentially, especially with the team as talented as Cedar Rapids. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was a double digit win. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, it's a little hard to see why the game necessarily would go differently than that first one, uh, especially given all the talent that Cedar Rapids has. But uh, as we said, Gulf Shores is a team certainly to be taken seriously in the NTT. Uh, and just one more note on them. I, I think it's consistent that they seem to end up with a lot of Austins on the team. Right now they have three. They have three. Uh, I, I don't think this is the first season when that's been the case. I mean, obviously two seniors and a junior. Maybe I've just been noticing it for these last three seasons. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of Austins, and this is sort of a general comment. I feel there are too many Austins in Drive the Lane in sports in general. Have you ever noticed that? Is anyone else out there who's not able to respond to me? Notice that uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of Austins if you go through each season. 
I don't, maybe that's a more popular name than I realize in real life, but yeah. you know, how many, how many Austins can you think of in real basketball, right? There's Austin rivers yeah. and I don't know. I don't know. Austin Carr going way back. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember three on one team. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. That's, that's a true, true statement. Um, yeah. And one interest, one other interesting thing from that game versus uh, Cedar Rapids was, they they uh, shot thirty two free throws in that game. They only made eighteen of them, um, which you're like, wow, man. They they left a lot of opportunities, but mm-hmm. you look at the team. They only shoot sixty four point four percent from the free throw line, so it might be a problem with their team overall. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's just that's just another thing that um, yeah, you can you can uh, talk about. Let's look yeah. at the next. Yeah, we're, we're going to say something there. No, no, go ahead. Okay. So next up, we got Cleveland, the Crows, coached by Coach Baxi, going up against the San Jose Rangers. Um, so San Jose got, they have their three seniors from their 913 class. They brought in freshman Brian Combs, um, who's been playing awesome. Cleveland, they got the 7 4 class that our seniors, he's starting two of them with Ivory. Um, playing a little out of position, but you know he's he's a stud at small forward. Nicholas Owen, the other senior, um, and then he's he's just sprinkling in a couple other guys uh, too. So, uh, Cleveland is number um, two in three points attempted. They're number three in steals, and that's it. And then. Um, San Jose. Uh, is number six in offensive rebounds, number six in rebound margin, number five in blocks, number ten in defensive points, and that's it. So um yeah, it should be an interesting matchup. You know, both these teams really rely on their defense. Uh San Jose's holding opponents to sixty two point eight um points per game. Uh, Cleveland's holding points to 68.1 points per game. Uh, and Cleveland just kind of relies, they kind of, I mean, if you go per 30, all five of their starters are averaging over 10. Um, you know, a bunch of players on their bench are all averaging over 10 points per game. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, yeah. What, what do you think of this matchup? It's an interesting one. Two non-traditional powerhouses, right? Or teams that are not traditional powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland made the NTT a couple seasons ago. Yep. I had sort of blocked that out. But before that, it had been a very long time. They had just made one in season two. That was it. So this is only their third all-time NTT. Uh, and part of that is because they come from a really good conference. It's tough to get past teams like Rockford and St. Paul. Um, you know, and going way back at the beginning of the League 31, Canton was a more of a powerhouse as well. Uh, so this is a, a tough conference and an impressive achievement of that for them to have uh, come out as an at-large from that conference. And as you say, uh, they've got a lot of balance scoring, eight players in total uh, with double figures if you go per 30. Uh, not an easy team to shut down. Great senior class. Uh, so they, they absolutely deserve to be here. Uh, and the same is true of San Jose, or some of the same things are true. Another really strong senior class. I mean, Cleveland, it goes 4-7, hardwood, sim hoops. San Jose is 13-9. Uh, 
Um, as well as something that I wanted to talk about, uh, their freshman class has, and I, I remember you and I talked about this mm -hmm. earlier in the season off the podcast. I can't remember seeing a split between hardwood and sim hoops yeah. as uh, dramatic as this one. I mean, for those that don't automatically think this way, hardwood means like you have a star or two stars maybe in your class. Sim hoops is more of a balanced ranking of your class. This is number six hardwood, 131 sim hoops which tells you that the magazines think one of the, at least one of the players in this freshman class is really a superstar. Uh, yeah. and, you know, and as the season has gone on, it would appear that it's Brian Combs uh, that would be that superstar. You know, he's playing small forward, has, has very solid numbers, a good true shooting, 16 points per 30 minutes, really nice steal and block numbers. Doesn't necessarily look like the, you know, the greatest superstar of all time, but uh, you know, something that really sticks out to me when I look at this team. Uh, but it, it certainly looks like it, it'll be a balanced matchup. Uh, both teams have strong senior big men. Owen is the senior center for Cleveland. Samuel Hartman, I remember, as a highly recruited player uh, for San Jose. He's averaging a double-double as well as four blocks per 30 minutes. Um, so it really may, may come down to, you know, who plays better among these star senior classes and, who, you know, who wins that matchup could win this game. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let's look at the uh, three fourteen matchup. We got the Colorado Springs Marmots, um, seventeen and one, number nine overall, two twenty one strength of schedule. They got a great senior class with Corey Walker and Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes is shooting sixty three point five percent true shooting. Jorge Wright, the freshman power forward, is eleven point three points per game, but shooting sixty point nine percent. This team overall is shooting fifty nine point eight percent true shooting. So they look. Really good. Silver City um, got the at large, large bid by winning uh, Conference 28. Um, they got some talented players on their team. Uh, Gabriel Ladson, their uh, shooting guard, uh, is averaging 19 points per game. And then uh, Bryce Straub, their senior center, 12.6 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, 3.8 assists, uh, steal and a half, almost two blocks. Um, so. They got a few things. Silver City is number nine in steals, number seven in three points attempted. And then Colorado Springs is number two in true shooting percentage, number two in true shooting margin, number two in rebound margin, number nine in assists, number eight in turnovers. Uh, Joseph Holmes is number five in game score. Uh, they are the number one team in points scored number one team in point margin. Um, and then, yeah. So that's a lot. They don't play a great schedule, but they're winning games and they're winning them by a lot. I mean, the number one, did I say number one or number four? In you said you said number one. I don't know yeah. whether that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, number one in point margin. So that's, that's saying something, you know. Um, I mean, if you can put up points in this league, you can win games. Uh, they did drop a couple of, uh, or yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they only dropped the one game, and the one game was to uh, Idaho Falls early. But, I mean, you can score points. You can win a lot of games in this league. For sure, no doubt. That is very impressive that they have the best overall scoring margin, regardless of the strength of schedule. But mm -hmm. uh, I have to say I'm a little suspicious of this Colorado Springs team. I mean, they do have the talented senior class. They have four straight NTTs for this one. So they, there's some pedigree there, but – the schedule gives me some pause. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I said earlier, you know, we shouldn't just assume that a team with a weak schedule is bad. And I, I don't mean to do that at all. 
obviously when you win your team games by tons of points, it's, you know, it suggests that you're good. Uh, at, At the same time, they have played, I think only one team that's in the top 75, they played them twice, Idaho Falls. They split those games. They lost by nine. They won by eight. Uh, And in the preseason, they got beat by Sioux City. No shame there whatsoever. Sioux City is undefeated. Maybe we'll get to them later in a different Mm -hmm. region. Uh, They're number one seed. Uh, But they also got beat by over 20 points by a team I know pretty well, Salem, from my conference, which has some very talented upperclassmen. Uh, didn't have a great season, uh, didn't make the NTT this year, uh, has some vulnerabilities. So that game kind of sticks out to me. And maybe that's not fair, right? It's the very first preseason game. We're all trying to figure things out. I know we lost our first preseason game uh, to a team that did not make the NTT, so I really shouldn't talk. But, you know, and just trying to read the tea leaves and figure out, you know, how good is this team? Because we don't have a lot of evidence because they just haven't played a lot of good teams. That one is something to look at. Uh, you know, on the other side in Silver City, you look at their schedule, it's it's also not the most impressive. I mean, they've played a, a somewhat of a tougher schedule, but they don't have a lot of great wins. Their best one came earlier today. They won the Conference 28 tournament to get in. They beat uh, Huntington Beach, which is ranked number 19, uh, having previously lost to them earlier in the season. One game that sticks out to me on their schedule is they played the same Idaho Falls team that Colorado Springs split with. You know, they're in Idaho Falls from Conference 22. So that gives us some idea of how to compare these teams. Yeah. And Idaho Idaho Falls did win that game over Silver City by you know a healthy margin, 93-77. So uh, I don't see Colorado Springs making a huge run in this tournament, but it does look like they should have the edge in this game uh, against a Silver City team that had to win today to get in and, it, and is number 75 in the power rankings. Uh, you know, you mentioned Straub. I remember him as a very highly recruited player. Um, Chase Murray, the other senior. Uh, had a really good game today to get them in. So, you know, you never like to play a team with with strong seniors, but if you're Colorado Springs, you can be confident that you may have even better seniors. So they, they should be in a pretty good spot here. Yeah. All right. Um, next, let's talk about the uh, 6-11 matchup. And this looks like a really fun matchup. Yeah, Yakima, the Striders, going up against the Arlington Bla- Blazers. Yakima's got a really interesting team. They're number four in assist. Um, Michael Rader is number six in the team score. They're number, yeah, yeah. And then Arlington, Arlington, you look at that team and it's just like, wow. They they might have gotten as one of the last few um, at-large teams. There weren't too many more. Yeah, I think 40, 48 was the very last spot that got in. So, yeah. yeah. Number five in steals, number nine in turnovers, number eight in uh, – Defensive three points allowed, number two in assist. Um, yeah. And then you look at their team, and they got the 1-1 class. They got the 7-5 sophomore class. Um, they only played one guy from that. Or I guess they are playing Taylor yesterday. They, they switched yeah, it's confusing. Their, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they switched up their small forwards. Hey, money you need to fix this. We need <laughs> to be able to see the, the starter in the top five here. I get what we're doing here, but we can't have the starting center be listed among the backups. There's got to be some fix to this. Yeah, I'm I'm very confident Kay Money's listening to this right now. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Well, I guess we do have a way to get in touch with them. Okay, everybody <laughs> out there listening, petition Kay Money to fix this. But you look at this team, and it's like, man, they got <laughs> – they got some talent, you know. They got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. Um, and then Yakima is just that team that, 
you know, they, they play in a tougher conference and conference 30, they play some tough teams and they got some studs, you know, with, uh, Raider, Stallworth, uh, Montgomery, um, all, I mean, Raiders, one of the top 10 players and, um, in game score. And it's not because he's shooting like super efficiently. He's getting a ton of assists. He's getting a ton of steals, only 1.8 turnovers. So that should be interesting. Hunter Holder is a really solid player. I'm interested to see, I know Arlington switches between Marceau and uh, Dennis, but, um, and they, it's, I don't know if I can necessarily pick which one, but Dennis might have a tough matchup. Holder looks like a really stud defender. He was one of the guys I kind of looked at. Just a passing, um, defensive, um, defensive small forward. So a little bit undersized for um, Yakima, but Corey Montgomery doesn't seem to have a problem playing power forward for them. So, yeah, what do you, uh, yeah, what do you see in this matchup? All right, I feel like I'm going to acquire some haters in this part of the podcast because there's <laughs> there's a lot of discussion on the message boards about Conference 24, right? And I props to those guys. I'm really glad they keep the message boards as yeah. active as they are. Lots of posts. Uh, but I feel like every season, there's some conference that, because of the few non-conference games, it's a little overrated in the rankings. And I kind of have a sense that Conference 24 could be one of those teams this year. Huh. Uh, you know, Omaha's all the way up as a number one seed. They certainly had a lot of success in the NTT last year, but I'm still having a kind of a hard time believing it. Uh, their, their, you know, player recruit rankings don't totally suggest they would be that great. Uh, and, you know, this sort of happens when you have like five, six, like pretty good teams that are all competitive. They win some non-conference. They shoot up the conference rankings and then they all play each other and their rankings are great. Uh, so, you know, like I said, here's a part of the podcast where I'm actually stating an opinion that could be proved wrong. These teams could go ahead and, and play well. I'm sure they'll all hate me now. Uh, but I, I, I'm just not sure what I think of conference 24. It, you know, hasn't over the last few seasons been one of the best conferences. And now all of a sudden is ranked number three. They're getting featured games everywhere. So I guess I, I put it this way. I've got to see it. You got to see it in the NTT. Uh, Arlington, of course, as you said, has a lot of talent. A lot of young talent, a very exciting team to be rooting for. That 1-1 freshman class paired with a 5-7 sophomore class. Uh, Mireles, the point guard for that 1-1 freshman class, is a very interesting player to me. I remember him as a recruit, thinking that I might even be able to get him in the net. I don't think that was ever going to be possible. I think uh, Arlington did max him. I'd have to check that. But um, he, he's certainly not a guy who was very highly recruited. But if you look at his numbers now, you can understand why he was part of a 1-1 class. Um, you know, yeah, it looks like he was a one, an oh one lead for mm. Arlington for whatever reason. Galveston from the same conference stayed on as a trailer, I guess, rec recognizing the talent there. So, um, so point, yeah, go ahead. So speaking of Galveston, they played yeah. Galveston in the in the uh, loss win um, bracket of so the fifth place game. Mm -hmm. They had to win this game to make the NTT. So. With two minutes and 39 seconds, Jonathan Marceau hits an AM one. After that, they had four straight turnovers. Uh, Arlington had four straight turnovers, followed by two two missed front ends of one and ones. And still, they, they were up by three at the time. So um, in that time, Galveston did hit one bucket, but uh, they held on for a one-point win after giving up four straight turnovers and two 
missed front ends of the one and one So Arlington tried everything in their power to not make the uh, NTT, but they made it despite their best efforts. <laughs> conference, conference, twenty-four basketball. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm just kidding at this point. These teams are these teams are good. Yeah, yeah. I, all I'm trying to say is I think they may be a little bit overranked as a conference, and you know if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We will have to see. Uh, again, Arlington may be in line to be one of the best teams in the whole league next year if yeah. they can bring in one more very strong class. So, you know, I'm not really trying to impugn them. They've got eight players who average double figures per 30 minutes. So this is this is a strong team uh, with really good young talent. Nice big guy in Asher, the freshman, who averages a double-double per 30 minutes and 2.7 blocks. So they absolutely could win this game against what looks like, you know, a strong Yakima team. So I think this this one is really a pretty even matchup. Uh, but overall, and I'll say this quickly, my impression is the bottom half of this region one is significantly weaker than the top half. I think Ann Arbor is the best team in the region. I think Boise and Reno at four or five are very, very strong, interesting teams that I could see make the elite eight in a different region. I don't, and I'm not trying to spoil the next part of the podcast here, but I know we're about to get to it anyway. Yeah. Uh, where, whereas in the bottom half here, I like Cedar Rapids a lot. They're kind of unproven. So it's hard to say. And then beyond that, I don't know. I don't really see another team that, I mean, I think if Boise or Reno were in the bottom half of this bracket, um, I might be taking them to get to the, to the Elite Eight. And even teams like like Lancaster is an interesting team to be in that top half yeah. uh, that unfortunately for them is going to have a tougher draw. So someone obviously will come out of this bottom half, um, you know, and one of these teams I'm sure is better than I realize they are. But it, just looking at the overall balance of this region, I think it's a little top heavy. Yeah. Well, um, with that, let's let's talk about our picks. Um, so Ann Arbor, um, they've been. I feel like they've been one of the top seeds every year, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know they've lost twice in a row in the Sweet Sixteen. Before that, they lost in the round of thirty-two. The year before that, they lost in the first round. A big upset in that one. Um, so, do you think they break through? Um, I mean, we're both picking them to be. Annapolis, but uh, yeah, beyond that, what what do you think of the top half of the bracket? I feel like there'd be a lot of media coverage on Ann Arbor if, if Drive the Lane League 31 were covered uh, by ESPN. I feel like this is a team that, as you said, is consistently a top seed and never can break through. I mean, I don't, has they, have they ever made the Final Four? Uh, no. Just, I don't think they have. And, you know, I mean, Conference 15 is real tough. Their run hasn't been going on for that long here, really. Night, season 19 and beyond where they've, they've been a consistent NTT team. Uh, but I just think there would be somebody on first take or one of those shows talking about how this team can't get it done when it matters. Uh, but it's, it's really hard to pick against them. I mean, they were great last year. They got beat, I think. They got beat by the eventual champ, Fremont, I should say, although albeit in a blowout. Uh, they lost two really good seniors, but seemingly brought in an even better freshman class. So it's, it's hard for me to pick against them, and I, I, I won't. I, 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 it's hard for me to see somebody beating them. They won the PNTT. They just won, you know, I'm sure what you think is the best conference, one of the very best conferences, Conference 15. Uh, their style is such that maybe, you know, they, they always play zone. They have a none defender unless he's bumped mm-hmm. in, in Baker, right? There, there's some vulnerability there. Maybe smart coaches uh, or the right matchup can give them problems. That seemingly has been the problem in you know been the case in previous NTTs. Uh but I I don't want to pick against them. Yeah. So um who do you have them facing in the uh, sweet sixteen? 
Yeah. Uh, that Boise-Reno matchup, you were... Right, elite. right. Yeah, that's the interesting one. I mean, I I just think Boise doesn't quite have it this season. I mean, I, I would like the symmetry of them, you know, coming in last season as the one of the favorites and losing the first round and then making a run this year with a team that has underachieved. That definitely could happen. But I'm guessing, you know, if I, I just feel like if I were their coach, I'd be like, ah, this team doesn't quite have it. That's what I see from the outside. Uh, so probably I, I'm putting way too much weight on my prior history with Reno, but I'll, I'll put them in the Sweet 16 there. Okay. Okay. What do you think? You got to give me your opinion. Yeah, that. I'm gonna take uh, Ann Arbor over Lancaster, and I'm taking I'm taking Boise over uh, Reno. I just think they got a lot of talent on their team, and I think they're starting to figure it out. Um, they've they've been playing. I mean, they've played tough teams, and they're battle tested. Um, not that Reno's not, but you know. It doesn't matter anyway. It'll just be Myrtle Beach against Huntsville in the second round. We don't know. What we're yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, so I like Boise there. I mean, it's too tough to pick against Ann Arbor. They're just <laughs> – yeah, I got Ann Arbor going to the Elite Eight there. And then on the bottom half, um, I'm going to take Cedar Crapids over Cleveland. Uh, Colorado Springs over Yakima, but I think that's going to be a good matchup, especially with the Hunter Holder versus uh, – Joseph Holmes matchup. I mean, I'm going to take uh, Colorado Springs over Cedar Crapids to make it to the Elite Eight. Um, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, that's going to be tough. I mean, if you're going to attack um, Ann Arbor, you want to attack it from the small forward position with a guy like Joseph Holmes. But I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. I'm taking Ann Arbor to the final four. Yeah, yeah. I just, as I said, I don't love this bottom half of the region. I don't, I don't like taking a one-two matchup in the Elite Eight. That seems almost certain to be wrong. Uh, but I just, you know, you can kind of look at a half, and I, this feels like happens in the real NCAA tournament too. I look at a half region, and I'm like, some team I don't expect is going to come out of this half region. I just yeah. can't pick which one it is. You know, I have no idea which one it's going to be. Uh, you know, could it? I, like, I could easily imagine somebody in the Cleveland San Jose matchup being yeah. the one who comes out of it. Uh, but you know, if I'm betting my life on the result here, I, I can't pick somebody other than Cedar Rapids. It's just a really, really talented team that hasn't done anything this year to suggest that they're not good enough. They want, they lost one game early in the season, uh, you know, throwaway game, three point loss to a middle of the road team. But I will point out one game on their non-conference schedule that gives them legitimacy to their overall schedule. Uh, they pounded a team from my conference in Carson city, 113 to 89, right after Carson City beat us by 17. Mm. So, you know, who knows how good we are or our conference is, but I think Carson City is legit if we ever get to them. I know we're going forever on this one region, but I, I, Carson City is a good team. And to yeah. lose by 24 points tells me they were going up against a really good opponent. So, as I said, it's just not wise to pick a one versus two. There's no way that'll actually happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I like yeah. Ann Arbor against Cedar Rapids. Those are the two best teams. You know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And I will say this, if Ann Arbor can get out of that top half of the bracket, that they'll have earned it. There's some tough teams that are going to have to play in the Sweet 16 and the second round. And then, obviously, any team that makes the Elite Eight is going to be tough. So, I mean, but that's the NTT for us. You know, there's no there's no cakewalks. So, yeah. Well, let's end it there, and we'll uh, we'll get back with Region 2.